Welcome to Men Talk, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the world of miscarriage, infertility, infant loss, and stillbirth. Hosted by Daniel Landau, founder of menshelpline.org, we'll be sitting down every week with real guys to discuss their stories, struggles, and triumphs. So grab a drink, sit tight, and let's talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Men Talk podcast, where men talk about miscarriage, infant loss, stillbirth, and infertilities. Today's guest is Ben Youngblood. Ben, welcome to the show. The floor is yours. Feel free to introduce yourself, share a little bit of your story, and uh, we'll go from there. Hey, uh, I'm Ben. Um, I don't feel like I'm, you know, I'm just a normal guy. Um, trying to think what's most important. So I'll pretty much share uh, my story and then some advice. Pretty much what happened, um, I feel, is is uh, stories from other guys, I feel, is, is absolutely normal. Um, and when I say normal, I mean, like, it's happened a lot. Um, we had two miscarriages. So we got pregnant first, um, the first time. And we were going along in about 12 weeks, right when COVID had hit. I wasn't allowed to be in the, um, I guess the checkup room. So she came out and told me in the car that, you know, our pregnancy had, you know, wasn't, uh, viable. That was like an absolute ton of bricks. Um, just thinking about it now is, is hard. Um, I didn't know really who to turn to. Or who to talk. I got the typical, it's going to be all right. You know, it's in God's hands kind of um, speeches from different people. And I knew they were just trying to do all they could in a really bad situation, especially with COVID being there. So uh, we tried again about a year later. We let a year, <clears throat> a year pass. And... Um, I wake up in the middle of the night and she says she's bleeding. And so immediately I am on the phone with a good friend of ours who's working in the ER. And I'm like, let's go ahead and go to the ER and see how everything is. I was left in the emergency room, kind of like in an offside room while they rushed her up to see if they could do anything for her and the baby. That didn't work out. We had a miscarriage. That, um, just sitting in the emergency room, not knowing, and all of the possibilities racing through my mind, really are almost indescribable. Um, just talking about it now, uh, you can only imagine uh is I, I can't impart however we made it through that and um here we are today it's funny i laugh only to think back how different things were then just a year ago and um we tried again and we're help you know we have a healthy uh baby girl on the way who's due in december uh, one of the things that I want to tell, tell other guys, at least out there, is 
if your partner is willing to try and don't give up. If that of having a child is, is important to you, don't ever give up. Um, I know it can feel like a black hole and it's always going to feel like a black hole. I wear a ring around my finger every single day in memory of uh, those children that didn't, uh, that weren't here, but uh, I kind of ghosted the different dad pages um, on Facebook and other places, not really commenting, but reading. I would sometimes when somebody would say they had a loss, I would definitely put the cuddle emoji on there, trying to impart what little I could. And during the first miscarriage that we had, I cannot tell you how important it was just to see those little thumbs up or cuddles or because that meant somebody saw it and wanted to feel, uh, to help you. And I would go to that every day and that would kind of bring me through that. And so that's my story. And I should say that's my, me and my partner's story in a nutshell. Um, don't give up. Be determined. If you ever feel like you're, you know, being sucked down, uh, best thing I can do is say, get to that internet, get to that Facebook and start talking to people. Um, because I went working for, excuse me, I went looking for any literature, anything, um, just to help guys. And there's not much out there, at least that I saw could find so that's it that's that's that do you have any questions dialogue yeah for sure so quite a journey um i want to dive into for a second first off obviously covid definitely played a role the first the first miscarriage when you kind of were in the you found out after she had went to that i mean how did that plan you obviously everybody's really sad after after going through that but how did that affect you? Immediately coming from, you know, not coming from a hospital setting, but, you know, just sitting in the car, reading a book on, on, um, on babies. And then all of a sudden, you know, being told that you're you're not going to have a baby. It just sucked the life out of me. You know, I, I was joyful and happy. And then just like that, it just went to complete sadness and so it's like somebody ripped something a part of me that will never be back did you as a guy, particularly as a guy i felt alone and lonely and i i tried my best to say with my partner the, i think the best advice i ever got was from my brother and he was he was in Savannah and we just kind of vacationed down there. We're like, we need to get out of Columbus. We, we need to go, go somewhere and vacation for a second. And we took some time down there and he kind of talked with me about loss. Um, he was in the military, lost soldiers. And um, I kind of asked him, I said, you know, how do you deal with um, 
with lose with with loss and live your day day to day and he said some things are out of our hands there's nothing you can do and that's a crappy excuse but um as a guy i I, that kind of helped me i'm glad you were able to ask him and get away because that's something that i found is definitely important if you're able to get away after that loss because you need that space to just not necessarily think about the loss because you don't always want to want to think about it, but just to try and clear your mind and take your mind off of it for a bit because it's very traumatic and it's, it's a shock. It, it certainly is a shock because so many people almost want to overdo it like a, a funeral or something. And I, I'm not one to tell people how to carry their grief Everyone's different. Every situation's different. However, um, in our case, it almost seemed like people were trying to mold it into something it wasn't. And it was very personal between me and my partner. And getting away to Savannah was a relief. For sure. Did you ever think you were going to be part of this club or ever hear talk about a miscarriage, a loss, any of these things before it actually happened? No, and it I never thought about it like that because in the, when you go to first have a baby, you never think of the worst. <laughs> you know, that's a small minuscule thing that you just don't think of. And because you don't want it to happen, you don't want the worst to ever happen. So, but I'm incredibly grateful for um, those men that that commented on Facebook and in other places. I wish someone, and I'd thought about it um, at length, would write a small book even. Because even in, you know, going to like Barnes Noble and something like that, I, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, there's just not a lot out there. I mean, there's a couple books that are out there on the subject, but there's really far and few between. Okay. I'll share that, you know, I'll share those with you. One of them actually is, um, I actually, there's a, a book written by Aaron Goeva on the topic. I don't know if you've, you've seen it. No, I have not. It would, I think, you know, being able to share it within the community, um, would or at least being able to tell guys hey look if this happens go here you know what i'm saying no for Um, sure this to read and with the in that process like during the year i know you said okay try again and then you had another miscarriage like a year later did you find that the communication or like you were on a different page than your partner because i hear a lot of times all the time that one partner wants to, you know, progress and try and have another kid when the other, on the other side, yeah, they're kind of afraid because of the trauma. They don't really are interested so much in, in having that right away. Like, did you also go through that? I also went through that uh, very same thing. Um, I love kids. Um, my friends, you know, have children and it's very important. I think 
to have that in your life, that stability. Um, so we were, we went through a year of sort of like, what do we do now? And then we were, we finally got to a place where we were okay with doing it. And I would tell most guys, I'm like, don't rush into anything until you and your partner especially are okay with doing it because it's a if it happens again it's going to take another mental toll and it's going to rip another chunk of flesh out um but uh pcos has been a big issue uh, among women from what i understand that's you know contributing to miscarriages and, you know, I, I certainly learned that, uh, now, and I wish I had done some research on that, uh, to see if there was anything else I could have done or said, you know, to keep the, the stress level low, but it was always, you know, the bodies, you know, there's something wrong with the fetus or, you know, the, there was always something wrong with the child is what people would tell me. And that's the nature's way of letting letting go is that what you wanted to hear though because i know for a lot of people like that's yeah it's not here but there are a lot of things in life in my uh in what i've come through that you know okay i don't feel like it's brash but it didn't make me feel better but you know maybe that's the truth of it you know and I don't mean to, again, I don't mean to make anybody's um, situation worse by saying that. But that was what was said to me. You know, it's natural. You know, it's, you know it wasn't going to develop. What else was said to you? Because a lot of times people don't know what to say. You know, <laughs> a lot of what was said to me was, it's okay. You just don't think about it. Um, which was hard, you know, when somebody says, just don't think about it. You know, it was really hard because you go home at night and you turn the lights off and that's all you can think about. Just sit in bed or for worse for me. Um, I wouldn't lay in bed. I would just kind of like walk around and, uh, what was said is specifically, it's in God's hands or, you know, th- those kinds of small, small things. And it didn't help me as a man. Not help me. What do you find, uh, are most often said to men? So a lot of times I hear things like it's uh, things that you want to hear, you know, it's not your fault. You know, I'm so sorry for your loss or, you know, that sucks. Suck it up. Yeah. Strong. Be there for your spouse. I mean, these are the type of things that it happened for a reason. These are not necessarily the things that you want to hear. If I can interject some, one thing. Sure. One thing that my brother told me um, in his, that, that really helped me get through was go through. It's okay for men to cry. You know, we don't always have to internalize and, you know, suck it up, put it somewhere deep down inside and forget about it. 
you know, internalizing and letting go is, is absolutely huge. Sorry, my cats. Oh, good. And that's uh, what you're saying is so true. Um, and and he, basically what he told me was, um, you have to talk. Talking about an issue, especially something as traumatic as this and as big as this, talk with your partner, talk with your best friend, talk with a stranger. I found talking with strangers who had different stories was actually easier than talking to family and friends. Not because I didn't want to talk to my family or friends, but because they were there and they just wanted to listen. That's all they wanted to do is listen. And that's one of the best things you can do is just listen when someone's going through it and understand where they're coming from. What was it like for the second miscarriage? Like, were you more mentally prepared for it? Obviously it was a little bit different trauma. You rushed to the emergency room. You were in a different corner of that. I mean, what, how did you handle that experience? (laughs) I flipped out. I was like, we got to go. We got to get there now. I felt like on that second one, like there was something we could do. Um, I wanted to be that instinct within the guy of the guy's mentality of, okay, there's something I can do here. If we just get to the emergency room, you know, everything will be okay. When in fact things were not going to be okay. Um, that second miscarriage, I was sitting there praying for real. Like they took her out of the room and I was just left there alone with my thoughts, you know, listening to the ER. And I, you know, I'm not one to cry in public or anything in that because that's just who I am, my nature. But man, I was bawling like a baby because uh, something was wrong. I knew my gut something was wrong. The sort of the process after that processing it was a little bit easier. Talking about it was a little bit easier, but my God, going through that was more traumatic. (laughs) I hate to nervously laugh, but it was just more traumatic the second time around. Definitely. Did you go by ambulance? Did you drive? Like, how'd you get, how'd you get to the hospital? Woke up about two in the morning. We got everything we needed, threw it in the car. I was on the telephone with somebody, and she actually drove because I don't drive. So she drove down there in all her glory, um, not knowing what was going on. And um, because in our in our mind, you know, it takes time for an ambulance to get there, um, and it would be quicker for us to get there we just drove plus i was on the phone with somebody who is in the medical field and was like this is the best er to go to right now i know who's on hand and i was like okay well i can get us in there in five minutes no big deal wow you're lucky you're that close to a hospital yes sir i'm very lucky as as morbid as that sound and as bad and tragic as the outcome was i was very lucky 
where I am, it's about a 40 minute drive to the hospital. So it's quite a distance. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that while you were in the hospital, that there was any support for you? Did anyone ask you how you were doing? Did, you know, or were they just felt really focused on, on, on her? You know, I don't know if she had a DNC or if she just. Yeah, they were percent focused on her and then it became let's you know the physical stuff you know all the 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 medical stuff was going on they looked at me every now and again knowing I was you know the partner in the situation and gave their condolences but I was not in the state of mind to be like you know I'm getting condolences right now I don't need you know nothing is wrong. Like we're going to go home with an okay baby. Like I wasn't processing it correctly. I guess it wasn't a state of shock. I guess almost. Were you allowed in the room at that point? Of course. Yes. (laughs) I was not going to be, um, she was in a, in a bed. If this, uh, for context, she was in a bed and they had screens that went around. And so I sat in a, in a chair next to her and they could have pulled another screen over to give complete privacy but i was holding her hand she wasn't going to go through that alone that's lucky because i know a lot of places that don't necessarily let you or they depending on what it was i would have been kicked out of the building had they tried to tell me you know make her you know go through that alone since I knew she had already gone through the COVID. Yeah. How long did you stay in the hospital? I mean, what, what happened? Did, did they like just discharge you quickly? Did they, what, what did they do? So we went in around, I want to say like two and got there around like two thirty three. We were there till at least four in the morning, four or five. So we saw sun up. And then we left in that morning, I'm going to say it's 6.30 or 7, and we literally drove home in silence and in complete shock with the discharge papers. Wow. And yeah. were you able to talk about it? Or did you go radio silence for, for a little bit, go down a dark depression hall like a lot of guys do? Depression is an internalized thing for me. Um our our apartment at the time was almost a visualization of what depression is. You know, you know. Deli- uh, now that we have delivery, you know, we just order stuff in. We wouldn't go out. You know, I'd take the dog out, get up, do a few things, but nothing for me at all. I wouldn't go lift weights. <clears throat> I would not go, you know, do what I do now, which is, you know, my normal routine. I just... Uh, it, almost like a automatic shutdown. It wasn't a something I said I was going to sit in my bed all day, but definite major depression. Some people, you know, family called, are you guys okay? What's going on? And, you know, we would tell them, you know, you know, we need space and stuff. And that was the, that was the, this, the time that we said we were going to get out of Columbus and go to Savannah and stay with my brother. And staying with him was uh, was a really 
good thing. Lifted a lot of weight off my shoulders as a man. Because I to talk to him about death in a way, in a more academic way, I guess, that wasn't fuzzy and cuddly and stuff that, you know, other family wanted to talk about death. Why do you think that it's not really talked about so much in our society, like men specifically? I think our society, and I don't want to be too broad and too journalistic about this. We're getting better as a society, but um, I think it's always been, uh, you know, buck up, you know, that John Wayne attitude of, you know, you know, if you get a band, uh, just put a bandaid on it and some dirt, and rub it in. Don't worry about it. Men have to be tough is basically the line. And internalizing things, just uh, putting it deep down inside and learning to go forward and not speak about it, not talk about it. And most importantly, not grieve properly, you know, cry. I had to have my brother tell me it was okay to cry. And that was something that was interesting that it was sort of ingrained in me that I didn't didn't quite understand until quite later. You know, he's like, let it out. Once it's out of you, you can begin to heal much quicker. And it's definitely okay to cry. I mean, I, I held it in for a while, you know, at some point, I guess I, I clicked and I, and I cried, but it's a, it's a shock. It's not something you ever want to go through, but if you do go through it, you're not alone because the statistics are one in four pregnancies end in a miscarriage. Yes. So that being said, it means someone to your left, someone to your right likely went through it. Someone in your work probably went through it. And like, it, it's such a common, such a common thing. This is very common. And, you know, for men to sit there and talk about it, it's definitely not like bringing up the last uh, baseball game or something like, you know, hey, how does for men, it would be a very deep, uh, personalized subject. So at what setting are we supposed to bring that up? The dinner table, the bar, um, at work, <laughs> when you're just kind of hanging around. Um, I think that holds another issue, you know, at what setting are you supposed to uh, start talking about this? So that's maybe another issue as to why our society doesn't talk about it so much. And I'm in society, I mean, the male portion of our society. Do you think that, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the sports aspect, which I think is huge because now, you know, a lot of athletes are, are coming out and sharing their stories and their journeys and wearing stillbirth, miscarriage awareness on their cleats. You think that if it would be a normal setting, let's say guys go to a baseball game or just, just a group of guys go together, baseball, football, whatever it is in a, in a sports setting, talk about it, you know, play some yeah. sports, watch a game, but also at the same time, talk about miscarriage and all these issues you think that would be helpful or you think athletes you know there should be more awareness on on an athletic side of things players and celebrities we've seen 
huge strides in uh, celebrities and um, athletes simply carrying that message on um, with systemic racism and other issues. And uh, it would, I think it would be very helpful, you know, for these companies. I say these companies, I mean, companies, I'll just name a few Coca-Cola, you know, the big companies that we see to, you know, have, just have a banner at a, you know, at a football game or something. And that just said that because they put, um, they put some slogans like that at games. Uh, but like, just thinking right now, the judgment aspect of this has to be overcome. The feeling of, oh, I'm being judged because I'm sharing something that is incredibly personal. And I just want to tell any guy out there, it is okay to talk about this. That's why I came on. And that's why I began in the beginning talking about the internet and how it's okay to share your story. And just let other guys read it just to get it out because it's like you're, you're sharing your digital voice. Um, even if you're not speaking in to someone in the real world, uh, that does and has lived a big weight off my shoulders. Um, getting back directly to what you said though, I think that, uh, you know, celebrities and athletes will help big. Wouldn't it be nice if Coca-Cola came out and had a slogan on all the Coke cans, you know, all the Coke bottles? Like, that would be so huge. It would be massive. Uh, You know, or, you know, we have NASCAR as a racing team, you know, and they have a a car. You know, it would be awesome to see that all all over there, a car just decaled Mm -hmm. and you know, like it's okay for men. I mean, because it's such a manly sport. I mean, not just those. I'm trying to think of anything else. There yeah. is a NASCAR driver who actually, you know, they went through a fertility journey and they had actually, they, they suffered a bunch of losses and they're pretty public about it. I don't know if you follow, I think it's, it's Kyle Bush. Kyle and Samantha Bush, yeah. they're very public yeah. about their journey and their miscarriages suffered to NASCAR. That's, I think that's something, you know, people could listen to, but getting it out to a broader, broader audience. And uh, maybe, maybe we have an issue with rural America versus inner city America. You know, I live pretty much close. Like you said, I mean, I'm lucky to have a hospital, Maybe maybe there's a gap there too. Um, some people just don't have the technology to to help. So if a book isn't there that they can go get at a local library or a bookstore, then they feel completely alienated. Don't know what to do. For sure. Don't know what to do. Don't know what to say. Don't know how to respond. Don't know how to feel. Don't know how to react. I had a lot of anger. If that if that is something else, uh, anger and resentment. And I didn't know where it was coming from. I was like, why am I feeling this way? Why? This is not a feeling that I should be feeling from a loss. And, uh, I channeled that into music because I'm a musician 
somewhat. But uh, I channeled that into what I do. And, um, what do you play? I'm a drummer. Nice. And I uh, was able to talk to, you know, some of my musician friends. And I was like, during this time, I was, and they all, you know, stood back 100 yards and were like, we'll give you as much time as you need. Don't worry about it then. And I was like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm going to continue doing this and this and this. I wasn't going to stop. But uh, inside, when I would come home, you know, I'd be depressed, you know, and sad. and Didn't know where to displace that energy. Men are very good at hiding it. I would say so. I would agree. But at least you had that that music outlet, playing the drums. I mean, I'm I like music myself. Like there are people when they have that outlet, whether it be music, whether it be sports, whether it be I don't know anything that that they enjoy, painting. That's really really helpful to try and have that outlet. Think about it, but use that creativity in order to try and help cope with it, the situation yeah i found myself writing lyrics for songs that i normally would not in any i was like where is where are these words coming from like holy like i mean it was it, it really took me aback when i was reading it after i'd written it and i thought oh i'm writing this towards you know this is all coming from the loss that i had and this is coming from a real place, loss and despair and stuff. So, yeah, um, it's good to have an outlet. Absolutely. Are there any other takeaways or messages you would say if you're going through this? Be aware of this or that piece of advice I've talked like that that you would say to people? These. I wish I had two children running around right now. I really do. The It's been a while now since the miscarriages. However, I, I've learned to accept them for what they are. I have also learned a lot about me and how to um, express my emotions positively not in a negative way and i think it's made me a better man because of it um and i want to be that better man than i was say two years ago uh just because i had and went through those miscarriages with my partner i think it didn't alienate each other i was really worried that it would alienate our relationship in fact it made us stronger so if you're worrying with that, it doesn't always have to make your relationship worse. It can make you stronger. Um, but take it one day at a time is what I would impart. One day at a time. And it's okay not to get out of bed. And it's okay to feel bad. Um, those emotions are okay. Is what I would tell people. That's really good advice. Ben, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story and being a support for others going through this. I'm sure if anybody's in, in Georgia and they're happy to reach out to you, support, you know, let's create a community where you are and uh, keep the conversation going. Because remember, guys, 
you are not alone. You're not alone. This happens. And we're here for you. We are. Thank you. You've just listened to another great episode of Men Talk with Daniel Landau. If you've suffered from miscarriage, infertility, stillbirth, or infant loss and want to open up about it, reach out. We'd love to have you on the show. You can also join our Facebook group, or if you'd like to get involved and start a chapter in your neighborhood, visit our website, www.menshelpline.org today. Until next week, stay strong, and remember, you're not alone.